if you make it to 97, you can play like that. <laughs> Our second lesson today is taken from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 4, verses 26 through 34. He also said, the kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe at once, he goes in with his sickle because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It's, it is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet, when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Well, we love to talk about potential. I mean, it's just really hopeful. So we love to hear about potential. We love to talk about it. It is wonderful. You know, we see little kids and we think about all the potential within them. We tell kids, right, you can become anything that you put your mind to. Just, just whatever it is, you can strive, you can, you can reach it. We talk, this is graduation season and the high school graduations, college graduations. Everybody's just talking about what people might become and it is so uplifting because we love hearing about potential it fills us with hope but there is a point at which the potential isn't as important as the becoming I mean, right here, these stories that Jesus tells are about potential. He talks about seed. He talks about what these seeds can become. But then he says the seed would sprout and grow. See, at a certain point, it has to become. I mean, right? It, it, it's not just about potential. Now, I am, for example, the worst uh, gardener. Well, actually, I can't be the worst gardener. I would have to try. <laughs> in order to be the... I would be the worst gardener ever if I ever actually decided to try. But, you know, sometimes uh, I make the mistake of walking past, like, a home garden center, which has no interest for me. But when you do, you walk past, and you see all the racks of seeds, seed packets and stuff, okay? And you, and you see all the, the beautiful pictures of the flowers and the things that it could become. And, and that's supposed to be all potential, right? So you have the packets of seeds, and, and you see the picture in the front, and it's like, wow, yes, that seed could become this. For me, my garden would basically be a row of seed packets sitting on a, a, sitting on a counter in my kitchen, you know, and going, wow, yeah, all that has to happen is I would actually have to take the seed and put it in the ground, water it, have it become something. And if you don't do that, what's the point? Right? If you don't do that, what's the point? Jesus says, right, he says, the there will be a point at which the grain is ripe and, and the person comes in with the sickle because the harvest has come. There's a point at which all of this incredible potential has to actually become something that is harvested. You see, things have to grow up. 
the mustard seed has to grow up. I mean, there's so many Christian daycares and things that, are, that use the term mustard seed because it sounds so lovely. This tiny little seed that becomes the greatest of all shrubs. It's such a great idea, but it actually has to do it. It actually has to become the shrub. It actually has to serve this purpose that Jesus talks about of putting forth the large branches that can provide shelter and nurture to God's creatures. If it doesn't actually do that, what was the point? If the seed never sprouts, what was the point? See, unrealized potential is a tragedy. See, potential is great in the young. Potential is great with kids. But along the way, we have to be converting this potential into something real. At the end of our days, you don't want to have potential left in the tank, right? At the, at the end of your days, you want to have realized your potential. I mean, you don't want to die with potential. You want to live, little kids have great potential, and then you spend your life converting that potential into something that is real. But how do you realize potential? How do you do this? It's not sometimes the way that we think it ought to be. See, Jesus talks about this, and the person growing the seed, he says, it sprouts and it grows, and he does not know how. It just grows. And that runs kind of counter to the way we think about how growth should happen. For example, let me give you an example. If I said, all right, we're coming up on summer, and I said, this summer, what I hope is that you will grow spiritually. That my, my aim for you to spend this summer is to work on your spiritual growth. What image just popped in your mind? For most people, the image that pops in your mind is, okay, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a little more Bible every day. However much Bible I read, I'm going to read more. It, however, however much time I spend in prayer, I'm, I'm going to spend more. If I, if I pray for 10 minutes a day, I'm going to make it 15. I'm going to read some theology. I'm going to learn about this God thing. But you know, that's actually not what this passage is pointing to as, as growth. See, it's not what Jesus is saying. See, see sometimes I think that, it's not, that we think that spiritual growth is about knowing more. And it often isn't about knowing more. In fact, you can know yourself right out of faith. There's a person I won't talk about his name, but he's a a scholar and one of the more prominent authors in recent last couple decades of books about the New Testament. And his textbooks are used in seminaries all across the country because of, of the analysis that he brings to the history and background of the New Testament. But personally, in his life, he went from being a Christian to an agnostic. He lost his faith. He studied himself out of his faith. He experted himself out of believing in Christ. And that can happen to folks. We can, we can think this so much that we take the truth out of it. See, spiritual growth isn't knowing more. It's not, that's not the aim. The aim is to become a more devoted follower of Jesus. This is the end goal. 
the product has become more devoted. It's like, you know, if you want to, it's Father's Day. If you want to have a, a better marriage, you know, what's the goal? It's not to read books about marriage. All right? It's not to read, and let me read six articles about how to be a good spouse, a good partner. No, it's about being more devoted. Want to be a better partner? Be more devoted to your partner. That, that's, the, that's the game. That's the goal. Being Spiritual growth is not about knowing more. It is about becoming a more devoted follower of Jesus. And Jesus used this methodology in dealing with his followers. And it's talked about in this passage. See, it says at the end, it says he did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. Well, that seems kind of backwards. Right? You have all these followers, and they come uh, to listen to Jesus, and Jesus tells them a parable, and they're confused, and they're sitting there saying, well, you know, Jesus, I, I, I don't know, did you... Do you understand what he was saying? I don't know what he was talking about. Talking about, you know, whatever. He's talking about birds or seeds or vineyards and stuff. I have no idea what, what he was talking about. And Jesus didn't give them an explanation. He went up to people and he said, follow me. Follow me. He's a terrible recruiter in, in modern terms because he didn't even have an elevator pitch. You know, he didn't have that nice little 30-second summary of, of what you gain, what you get. Here's what I'm offering. He just said, follow me. And then those who followed got the explanation in private. Those who followed, Jesus then taught. But the initial call was simply to follow. And so it may seem counterintuitive, but the pathway of faith is that we don't understand and then follow. We follow and then we understand. Jesus says, follow me, you follow, and then you will start to know. It isn't, let me learn more, let me read more, let me study more, let me think on this more, let, let this all make sense to me, and then I will decide whether or not. To follow. It's follow and then you get it. And, and by the way, let me tell you a few examples where I think that this really works and has worked in my life. Tom Christensen, I see Tom sitting there. We're hosting, participating in hosting homeless families in July. And there'll be dates, you'll see the email, I, you know, about when you can sign up to host um, families overnight by staying with them at the Methodist Church in Leonia and uh, help bring food. Spend a night with a couple homeless families. You will understand more about Jesus. You will understand more about faith. Go on a Habitat work site or a mission trip, you know, you sit there, you swing a hammer all day, and, and, and at the end of the day, you, you have helped build something, and you come home, and you are sweaty, and you are sore, and you are tired, and in the middle of that, you will understand faith in a way you did not understand it before. Right? You follow, and then you understand. See, theology, like all the other sciences and stuff like that, is just a way of giving us a language, a description 
of things that we actually kind of know. All right? So, so for instance, you know, if you have a table and there's three apples on the table and you eat an apple and there's two apples left, all right, you knew that before you understood arithmetic. Arithmetic was just a, a mechanism for you to be able to understand, describe, predict, and communicate what happened. But you didn't need to know arithmetic to understand at a conceptual level, there are three apples, I eat an apple, there are two apples there. Arithmetic is a descriptive way, a, a, a description of it. It's a way to communicate it, but you understood it. Theology does the same thing. Sciences do the same thing. All right? Biology doesn't create life. It helps you understand it. Right? Theology helps you understand the God that you are already experiencing, but you need to do the experiencing in order to have something that you need to understand. You follow, and then you start to understand. So in service, in love, in interacting with God's creatures, you come to know God. And that's the potential that God wants us to realize. The potential to serve, the potential to love, the potential to be more devoted. And we have to grow by doing. We have to realize our potential by doing. We have to do a little less thinking and a little more doing if we want to be more than just seeds. Seeds are great when they become what the seeds were meant to be. The seeds that God planted in you need to become fruit. Amen.